You're listening to NM Radio. Clara Schumann is considered one of the greatest musicians of the 19th century as a pianist, a teacher and a composer, but her legacy pales in comparison with her husband, Robert Schumann, so there's been a recent push around the world to know more about Clara's music and life. 2019 is 200 years since her birth in Leipzig and Annam is commemorating the occasion with a concert. With more on Clara's life is Sarah Kirby, a music researcher at the University of Melbourne. So Clara was from an intensely musical family. She had a really musical upbringing. I think there's this idea that a lot of women in the 19th century were denied that kind of education, but that just wasn't the case with her. Both her parents were musicians. Her dad ran a music shop and was a a pianist and a piano teacher. Um, Her mum was a concert performer, so she had this whole background. And, you know, she, she would have seen every important concert that went through Leipzig, every important performer. She helped out in her dad's music business, so I think that really helped her with her kind of business sense. And she was a bit of a child prodigy. She made her concert debut at nine, and then she toured all the way through Europe through her teenage years. She was performing her own compositions by the time she was about nine or ten as well, so like really you know, prodigious. And she was really influenced by that whole kind of mid 19th century European intelligentsia. So she made lots of friends with all the important poets and writers and musicians and people like Goethe and Mendelssohn. And not only did she perform, she changed the landscape for piano virtuosos in unprecedented ways. So she was one of the 19th century's kind of top concert pianists. And I think people forget that. So she was comparable to people like Liszt and Talberg. Any of those, she was called you know, Europe's queen of the piano. So I think that gives you a sense of how important and well regarded she was. And she had this career for over 60 years. So I think that's really impressive. She was one of the first people to perform concerts of other composers' works. So not just her own pieces, like as was usual for virtuosi at the time. She was one of the first pianists to perform completely from memory, which is you know, very irritating for people today, but you know that's who we can blame for that one. Um, she also gave, I think, really serious attention to other composers' intentions. So she wasn't just there to be the kind of show-off bravura playing. She was really seriously considering you know, what was written and, and how to interpret that. So she was one of the first people to do that. She's really known for introducing works by people like Bach and Beethoven to the concert stage. That just wasn't usual before she started. And she's also someone who used her own platform to promote lots of her contemporaries. So she premiered all of Robert Schumann's works. And, you know, we probably wouldn't actually know much of him if it hadn't have been for her using her enormous platform to promote that kind of stuff too. Her compositions didn't influence classical music as much as her playing did but were instead very reflective of her life and her talents. So she's, she really does fit into that, you know, new romantic mid-century school and started composing as a child. A lot of her early work really does fit into that kind of virtuoso school as well, just because that's what everyone was doing, that really showy stuff. But you can also find a lot that's really characterful and poetic in her early work. It's also been noted that her personal style changed really dramatically after she got married. And there's a lot more of that kind of lyricism and obviously influenced by Robert Schumann. But I think at the same time, he was really influenced by her. They had a really, I think, a a really good relationship in terms of 
mutually respecting each other's work and collaborating. I think they even actually published a, a volume together of Lita. So there's a lot of that. So she started writing lots of songs, but I think even in the songs, they're incredibly pianistic. Like you can, you can tell that that's her training and they're written by a pianist. Hi, my name is Robin Wilson. I'm a resident faculty member teaching violin at the Australian National Academy of Music. I first heard Clara's music actually when I began my PhD. So about 2009, I think it was. And I was familiar, of course, with much of Robert Schumann's music, but hadn't, in fact, ever heard any of Clara's music. And I think the romances were the first thing I heard at that stage. And it was a lovely discovery. Robin has curated the upcoming performance at Annam for Clara's Bicentennial, featuring two of Clara's most loved works, her piano trio and her three romances for violin and piano. Clara toured these works to England with the celebrated violinist Josef Joachim, and they clearly made quite an impression there. A local critic of the Times in London wrote of the three romances that they were, quote, lush and poignant, They make one regret that Clara's career as a composer became subordinate to her husband's. And indeed, these romances were, in fact, inspired by Robert's birthday. And that perhaps hints at the the object of the tender affection they do convey. So they're wonderful works. Joachim and Clara also performed them for George V of Hanover, and he described them as a marvellous heavenly pleasure. We very much get a a reaction to these works that speaks of their um, particularly heartfelt and sort of poetic lyrical quality. The um, piano trio in G minor was written in 1846 when she was just 27 and it's arguably her compositional masterpiece. I think it's, again, it's filled with expressive poignancy but it also highlights her great skill both in contrapuntal writing as well as balancing sort of subtle textures of a piano trio so it's a really beautiful work that I think is sadly neglected in favor of many more oft-performed piano trios but there's so much in there to explore. The concert will finish with a work of Robert Schumann's, his Piano Quintet in E-flat, which was dedicated to Clara and is considered one of the greatest works of the 19th century. This piece was written during his very productive chamber music year of 1842. Interestingly, he had three years where each year he focused on a different genre. So in 1840, it was his song year. He wrote many, many songs. 1841, his symphonic year, he completed his first and fourth symphony in that year and then in 1842 he moved on to chamber music and dedicated the whole year to chamber music and this is quite significant because this chamber music period comes on the back of this uh, symphonic and immersion in leader and song and we really hear the influence of both his symphonic writing and his lyricism in this work it also really exploits the powerful sort of sonic capabilities of the piano. There had been advances in the design of the piano at this time, and he coupled the piano with the string quartet combination of two violins, viola and cello. And this was really quite new. It was exploiting what was considered to be the most important, if not prestigious, genre, that being the string quartet of chamber music, and coupling that with the new power and and sonic capabilities of the piano. And so he really was able to create an incredible 
texture which pits the piano often at times against the entire quartet. And this genre became the model for many quintets after his. So it inspired Brahms to write his great F minor quintet. We have the quintets of Franck and Dvorak following as well. So it was an extraordinarily influential work and really established the piano quintet as a sort of romantic chamber music medium. His writing in here is, is lyrical, as I said, it's bold, it's inventive, and there's just such a wealth of musical sophistication, I guess you could say, and musical character. Overall, Robert and Clara's musical relationship appeared to be fruitful and productive. There are stories about them, you know, reading poetry together and composing together at the piano and things like that. They wrote songs for each other, so she would write little collections of songs and give them to him as gifts and did the same thing. And, you know, I think they were both not critical, but kind of very mutually helpful with each other and kind of helped to improve each other's compositions. He even quoted some of her work in his work, so I think that shows, again, how much he appreciated it. And she also spent a lot of time after he died looking after his legacy, so editing editions of his music and publishing them and promoting them using her platform. So, again, like, would we even really know about Robert Schumann if it wasn't for her work? However, romantically, it wasn't as clear-cut. Her relationship with Robert was even pretty fraught because her dad really didn't want them to get married. I mean, it makes sense. I suppose she was an internationally famous concert pianist and Robert wrote for a magazine, you know? Like, I'm, I'm being dismissive, but that's what it would have been like. But she married for love and I think they, they obviously really did get along and were you know, very well-matched and it seemed like a, for as long as it lasted, was a really good relationship. But obviously he had some increasing physical and mental health issues that didn't go away. Brahms was a very close friend. He came into her life right when Robert's illnesses started to get really serious and he was there, you know, for the rest of both of their lives. I mean, he was quite clearly completely in love with her. You can see that from his writings and things like that. But whether anything happened, I don't know whether it matters, because they were so close and she really helped him as well. She premiered a lot of his works when he was still a complete unknown and I just think there was, again, a really respectful kind of loving relationship there, whatever it was. But with no doubt, her musical legacy rises above everything else. It's easy to forget that Clara was first and foremost a virtuoso pianist and established herself and her legend as such from her extraordinary uh, career that really spanned a period longer than any other solo performer of that time and was she was certainly the first female to make a living as a concert artist I mean absolutely formidable woman who supported her entire family they had eight children one of them unfortunately died when she was pregnant with her last child but She took it upon herself to support her family, particularly after Robert died, would accept no charity from friends, and toured relentlessly after that for 35 years. She was often on the road for 10 months a year and gave, there are about 1,300 concert programs that are preserved, so we know she she was performing extensively all throughout Europe. And I mean, when you consider in those days that transportation was horse and buggy, 
It's quite remarkable, you know. And she also toured England about 19 times, which is quite extraordinary and had an incredible reputation over there. I mean, it was just review after review talking of her incredible depth of artistry and musicianship in those days. And the fact that she was performing right through really to the end of her end of her life is just such an extraordinary feat, whilst looking after an entire family. So I think she's a remarkable musician of the 19th century, and I think it's a great privilege really to explore these works and this anniversary around the world, I think, is inspiring her works to become more well-known, which is well-deserved and timely. For the most part, she's been remembered more as a teacher and uh, as a pianist than as a composer. But I think that's really related to that kind of late 19th century, early 20th century historiography that really privileges, you know, they're usually male, and it's this idea of this isolated genius who kind of writes from a divine spark or whatever and doesn't exist within society. And, you know, that's obviously completely... It's been debunked now, but it was, you know, a thing for a good, so maybe the first half of the 20th century. And it's only been the last few decades that there's been a real effort to sort of reevaluate and look into previously overlooked composers, who a lot of them were women, and you know, for, or for whatever other reason, you know, people who didn't really fit that model, who had been ignored from the canon, are now getting a lot more attention, which is really great. And I think particularly someone like Clara Schumann, she's benefited from that and also with this bicentenary coming up there's definitely a lot more interest and hopefully that will continue. We know that she was really self-critical so there's evidence that she actually wanted a lot of her compositions destroyed after she died. Um, There's this really famous quote. She says, I once believed that I possessed creative talent but I have given up on this idea. A woman must not desire to compose. There has never yet been one able to do it should I expect to be that one. It's just really sad because, you know, and really frustrating because clearly she was and you know, clearly lots of other women could as well. But I think our repertoire is a lot richer for having looked into those kinds of compositions. And shining a light on her musicianship has inspired the following generations of musicians to create. My name is Molly Collier O'Boyle and I'm a violist studying at the Australian National Academy of Music. Yeah, I've, I've played one of her pieces before, quartet in a string ensemble setting and I thought it was really beautiful. I played it, I think, when I was studying in Queensland. I think it's important to acknowledge composers like Clara Schumann. She's very important with bringing female composers to the limelight. But I mean, think about how many composers who were female were composing during that time and they just weren't heard. What's exciting about it being 2019 is that there's so many female composers out there now and it's like so normal for them to be producing music. It's just like, you know, in literature, females couldn't write books, females weren't allowed to publish anything, it was always the man. There's a lot of freedom now because of these ladies pioneering the way for us. And these works, despite only recently being acknowledged as part of the classical canon, deserve to be explored in greater depth. Well, this music is really unfamiliar, not just to public, but also to NAM musicians. And that, of course, presents an immediate challenge because you're learning something you've never heard before. You're learning something which perhaps you, you haven't even experienced in a live concert. And 
This really necessitates a thorough kind of exploration of the piece to really get into the bones and under the skin of the work and really learn it from the inside out, not just play it how you're used to hearing it. Um, so that's a wonderful aspect for Anna musicians to explore. I think these works deserve to be heard. They're so rich in melodic invention and poetic nuance. They're of a time. So learning these works are also going to inform the way they approach Robert Schumann's works, the way that they hear Brahms's works, and vice versa. And it's also a fantastic chance to explore this style of the mid to late 19th century Germanic tradition. And I want to bring some of what I've learnt in my research to that as well. So hopefully these pieces become more celebrated and part of, uh, part of the mainstream repertoire and, and this project gives the students uh, a burgeoning curiosity and interest in her compositions. Clara Schumann's music will be performed at the Australian National Academy of Music on Wednesday the 11th of September at 11am featuring her piano trio, Opus 17, and her three romances for violin and piano, as well as Robert Schumann's piano quintet in E-flat, Opus 44. Robin Wilson is the director of the performance and will be performing alongside Anam musicians. For more information about this performance or Anam Radio, visit anam.com.au.